0: Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Steve Rosebault. As the founder and chief learning officer of CFO.University, Steve understands innovative, responsible financial leadership is critical for success in any business today. Whether the goal is to grow exponentially or achieve stable profitability, this core function needs to be handled with intelligence, skill, and unwavering commitment. During his 30-plus years of experience in the world of corporate finance, Steve honed his ability to drive change, improve profitability, and ensure long-term financial health for businesses. He spent a good share of his career in various CFO and other leadership roles. CFO.University was created using that experience and teams of experts whose CFO-centric themes help finance heads stay innovative while exposing aspiring finance leaders to career-changing professional development. The virtual on-demand platform is built around the four pillars of CFO success, accounting, finance, treasury, and leadership. CFO.University delivers practical, performance-enhancing, and convenient professional development to finance leaders all around the globe. You can learn more about CFO.University at www.cfo.university. Steve also operates KRM Business Solutions, an advisory practice that equips companies and their finance teams with the knowledge, processes, systems, and tools they need for success. Steve lives in Vancouver, Washington with his wife and enjoys his leisure time by cycling and spending time with his children and their families. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode.
1: Well, Megan, I'm really pleased to be here on on the CFO Weekly. You know, I think you've got a great program going and I really appreciate you inviting me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Today, we're going to be learning about you, your current organizations, and how we can utilize these resources to become better finance leaders and even level the playing field for small and mid sized businesses. I'm really looking forward to learning more about you as well as your solutions for CFOs. So let's get started. Great. Let's start with you. And if you can just kind of share your story as to how it is that you ended up doing what you're doing today.
1: Sure. you know, I um had a finance and a business degree as well as a history degree when I got out of school and said, "You know how am I going to use this?" And I spent uh, you know twenty two years in the corporate world. So I hired on when I was out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and hired with a company out of Minneapolis and spent eighteen years with uh, a company called Cargill and then went to a company called Conagra for four more years, both uh, you know multinational companies. Uh, that uh, gave me a lot of experience in the finance accounting world. So did that for 22 years, Like the corporate world. They were really good trainers. Um, and then I left the corporate world and started my own journey, the entrepreneurial journey, uh, where I started a, a, a CFO advisory practice, and did that for almost uh, 13 or 14 years. You know, met a bunch of great people, a bunch of great companies. Worked for a, you know just a wide variety of. Some of it was raising money. Some of it was fixing problems in finance. Uh, but uh, really got to know a lot of different aspects of different companies on the finance side, and so about five years ago, I looked at that and said, you know, you really, um, you know, have a fairly interesting background in a, in various companies in many different industries. And so, and I was on a one-to-one, my consulting practice was all one-on-one. And I said, well, how do I make this one-to-many mm-hmm. and be able to share some of the experience I had with a broader audience? And so that's when we started CFO.University uh, five years ago. And, you know, in that, uh, you know, so it kind of went from a corporate world to an entrepreneurial spirit to then, you know, trying to uh, develop, uh, you know, CFOs and great finance leaders across the globe.
0: So as you look back on your career, are there stories or, or turning points in your mind?
1: Yeah, you know, there, there's a whole bunch. But what the, the first one that, that started, right when I was getting out of school, I, I had an offer from two companies, both out of, based out of Minneapolis, agricultural companies. And um, one had a $500 a year higher salary. So I said, oh, that must be the one. So I, I talked to my uh, my father, my my best advisor. And of course, he was smart enough not to give me an answer. But what he did do is he put me in touch with the president of his company, which is a large agricultural co-op uh, in the in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Because he knew I wouldn't listen to him, so he's smart enough to know that. So, so uh, and this uh, the gentleman, the the president of the uh, of the co-op said, "Well, there's no doubt that for five hundred dollars, you ought to go with this other company, which happened to be Cargill, and it was a great choice." So, you know, that was the first turn. Is that I I didn't take the high offer; I I took the best company, and I think that was a. I, an interesting learning on my part that, uh, you know, I wanted the money cause I wanted to pay off those student loans, but uh, he was much more practical. Um, and then there was all kinds of other twists and turns. I was kind of a, went through a division at, uh, uh, with with Cargill, where I kind of became nine years in one division, became my home when I started with the company. And I moved to a whole different division that was in a whole different marketplace. And it was more like Wall Street before I was in the grain division, which was more like Midwest, you know, U.S. And all of a sudden I'm tossed into Wall Street. And that was a huge shift for me and a big change and a struggle to, to you know, change kind of, you know, my behavior and kind of understand, I, I came in thinking, hey, all this success that I've had in the last nine years is just going to continue. And I ran into some brick walls. So that was a learning too, that, you know, as you travel in new areas and, and you know, don't, don't let your, uh, make sure you stay humble along the way, because, uh, you know, things will knock you down once in a while. And then when I left, I took my first full-time uh, CFO job. I'd been with Cargo for 18 years and then went to uh, I was hired by a company called ConAgra in, in their molting company. It was my first CFO job where I actually had treasury experience. At Cargill, there was no treasury experience. It was all accounting and finance, but we they raised the money corporately and just <laughs> handed out the checks to everyone. And so uh, my first real opportunity to take over the treasury function, so the complete CFO suite of finance, accounting, treasury, and then leading the company was uh, was in the corporate world and after that it was uh, the next stage was the entrepreneurial side where I said hey I can use those tools that I learned in the corporate world you know to help smaller and mid-sized businesses and that's when I started care and business solutions and so you know a lot of steps along the way and you heard the story about CFO.University so you know a lot of zigs and zags and and uh, you know I think it uh, for me it, it was a has been a great journey and and uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: How did you work up the courage to leave your stable corporate job
1: and go out on your own? Well, I'd like to puff out my chest and tell you how how uh, how great I am and all that, and how how courageous I am. But what really happened is our our company was based here in Vancouver, Washington, which is where Pat and I live now, and where we raised our kids uh, after we left uh, CarGill. and um, the Company wanted to move to Omaha, and our oldest kids were in high school. Uh-huh. And so, I, I had a real good relationship with the CEO there where we ended up forming a joint venture later, and, and I always stayed in touch. And you know, Gary said, Hey, we can, uh, you know, we'll make this work for a year and a half. You can, you know, figure out we had some refinancing to do, we'll find your replacement. You don't have to move to Omaha, um, which was a nice town, but what didn't fit in for us because our kids were uh junior and a and a sophomore in high school and we just weren't gonna pull them pull them out of that so it was in some ways it was forced but it was made easy because the uh the the my my uh my direct boss the CEO was really understanding and and I kind of uh worked there for about a year and a half found my replacement and that's when I started uh, you know care and business solutions my consulting practice after that so it wasn't some big leap I made it was kind of like the choice that was put in front of me that I can either go to drag the kids away from, uh, from you know what they know in and, and their high school and or I could uh, you know try something else and I tried something else. Yeah,
0: in my experience, those forced moves are sometimes um, are sometimes the greatest learning experiences and, and business moves.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I would probably still be in corporate America. If I would have moved home, I, I probably would have never you know had the chance to kind of take this this change into the entrepreneurial side. And you know, I maybe I a not I'm sure I did fine, but but this was this has been an exciting run. I mean, I really enjoyed the, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial part of uh, of my career.
0: So let's talk about your current organizations. Let's start with um, the the original one, KRM Business Solutions. So tell me a little bit about what it is that 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 organization does.
1: Well, I always describe it as a CFO advisory firm, and that covers a lot of lot of areas. So, it sometimes I would act as the interim CFO. That was uh, uh, Other times I was advising the CEOs or the boards of companies on their financial uh, situation, and other times I would be coaching a CFO. So it was a kind of a broad array of things. It was focused mostly here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it was just easier back then. It was it was uh, that was back in two thousand four when I started in five. And so um, I built up a pretty interesting network locally, and uh, and w- were able to serve and meet some really interesting people, some great companies, and um, and all on financial advisory for the corporate world. And sometimes I was acting as a CFO, and other times it was advising, uh, you know, the CEO or the CFO or the boards.
0: And CFO University. When did when did you start that up, and and what is it?
1: Well, you know, the brainchild kind of came to me like in 2015, 2016. I've been doing, you know, my consulting practice for 12 or 13 years and I had such a variety and I was building up a pretty big, you know, um, portfolio or library of tools to help people and kind of had, 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 you know, the the vision of what the CFO role is and how it's administered, particularly in small and middle-sized companies. Um, was kind of came to me. I mean, I'd come out of the corporate world, so there was the, the the multinational world a bit different. And so it took me a few years, but I figured out this is there's a model here that we can teach you know small and middle sized um, businesses how their CFO suite would work. And that doesn't mean they all have CFOs, but they all have CFO functions. So kind of designed a a, a model that um, how we teach. Uh, and it has to do with, uh, you know, the, the four pillars of CFO success. We call it accounting, finance, treasury, and leadership. And we kind of use that framework to, you know, put in all of our, you know, help people understand their different aspects of their CFO roles that their companies have and, and help them, um, you know, practically uh, administer those. So, we, you know, I I call it practical, convenient, performance-enhancing Learning is what CFO.University does. We're not trying to compete with the MBA schools. We're not trying to even compete with the undergrads. We're, we're really, um, you know, trying to give a practical aspect to finance leaders on how to improve their performance and the performance of their units in, in the, the corporate world.
0: And i um, just curious, is it like, a, is it a structure? Like it, it's going to take you six months to get through it? Or is it like individualized? Or how does the program work?
1: Well, we we have courses under all of our pillars. so the first thing we do and and uh, is that we we assess the individual. so we're really still a B to C uh, type activity um, and so we assess the learner so the finance leader comes in takes an assessment, and that helps, helps them understand where they should focus their learning. And, and the idea for our, the general idea is that the finance leaders are focused and become a CFO. And a lot of our tools and things and classes relate to young CFOs. So inexperienced CFOs can learn a lot as well, but we really focus on the finance leader trying to achieve that, um, that CFO role. So we assess where, where can they use more help. And development, and we do that through our through our assessment. So that's kind of where it starts. And then our platform after that is we have our four pillars, and each each pillar has three core competencies under it. For example, our accounting pillar, we have governance and controls as one core competency, where. You know, we teach that aspect. We have the recording piece, so you know how to make sure the the books and records are kept well, and then the reporting piece, which is all the financial statements. And we have three of those under each of the other pillars of finance and treasury and leadership as well. So we, you know, take people through that that approach. And if they, an example would be a treasurer who's come up through the treasury ranks, may not have ever been a controller. And If they haven't been a controller, they don't understand a lot of those accounting functions. So we help them. We'll identify that when they do the assessment. And then we can help um, bring them through that control function so now they understand what a controller does. So they're better prepared to take either a CFO role or even a controller role as a next step in their career progression.
0: And what have been your proudest achievements
1: since founding these two organizations? You know, um, I think we've helped a lot of small businesses, a lot of people, a lot of owners, a lot of CFOs, a lot of finance people. Um, krm you know we had over you know 200 accounts uh that we served over the, the the time that you know i really dealt a lot in the advisory practice and i think um what i really treasure about that was all the the relationships we built with the companies and and uh with the people that we helped and so i think really proud of of krm about you know kind of how we help people step up their game and and, and frankly in some cases we helped you know, save companies. I mean, it was, uh, there was some turnaround work that we did and that's pretty gratifying when you can, you know, see, come in and make a, make a significant difference at CFO.University. It, it's been a little bit, um, you know, it's a much wider scale. So we're, much, we're a global company that's attracted um, a lot of interest from um, finance professionals around the world. And so it's gra- really gratifying to, to meet these people um, we have 80 contributors at CFO.University that I, I all know now personally, and they are some of the most interesting people and caringest people I've been around, and they're all you know willing to share their technology and their intellectual uh, pursuits with us and with our our community. So um, the relationships with CFO.University have been incredible, and we've uh, we've I think we're we're making a, a pretty big impact on improving you know, the careers of finance people. So I think that's that's awfully rewarding, you know, for me and and awfully, uh, you know, a fun, fun to be involved in. And it kind of gets me up every morning to, you know, see a few notes from people that, you know, they really enjoyed, you know, either a class or a tool or something about us that we've impacted them. Um, that's really uh, fulfilling.
0: Yeah, that must be, um, that must be really, really fulfilling. Um, how, I'm curious again, most of your clients, first of all, is there an ideal client um, other than just being a small business? And secondly, how do they come to you? Is it word of mouth at this point, or
1: yeah, you know, our, I, you know, I call them a learner maybe or a student. Our ideal is is uh, somebody with a lot of intellectual curiosity regarding the finance profession. And normally they're in a leadership role. They're, you know, one step away from either the CFO or the finance director. Um, And how they get to us, uh, you know, our our main, um, mainly... Uh, I guess it'd be our main marketing piece is, is is LinkedIn. We do a lot of lot of work with LinkedIn. Uh, we have a newsletter on our website, so we don't we don't do a lot of advertising in in journals and things like that. In fact, we don't do any. Um, so it's it's kind of that uh, that network of people with a lot of curiosity about how to get better in finance, and so they find us through LinkedIn. They find us through our newsletters, and it shows like the years are helpful too. They you know people become aware. Um, of what we're doing. But, the, you know, the ideal candidates are financial leaders who aspire to become CFOs. And they have to have a lot of, and, at, you know, the, the word intellectual curiosity um, is important to me because that if they, you know, that I think so many things, you know, revolve around, you know, having a, an intense desire to understand. And I think in finance, there's there's so much going on in the finance world today. Um, there's so many things to be curious about, and uh, and that, so that's the people that we, we like to find and because they help us grow. They not only learn from us, but they certainly teach us a lot too.
0: Absolutely. I think it's important to be a, a lifelong learner. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy this podcast. I'm always learning from my guests. And uh, yeah, it's uh, something when you stop learning, I, I
1: feel like you stop growing. And at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, no, I think you're... I think you're right. It gets stale, and you know, I don't know. That's where you, you go on vacation, right? When you come back, you're ready to go again. you re-energized, but some of that I think is because you miss the opportunities to learn. So, I I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that doesn't happen to everyone, but but I think you know vacations are great to re-energize and enjoy some new experiences and get away from it all. But then when you come back, part of the fun is hey, I get to you know I get to start all over again. So. Um, that's the, that's, you know, we, we, we want that from the people that we, we deal with, that they, they love finance, they love people and they, uh, you know, want to make a difference.
0: And you offer next generation CFO training. So what does it mean to you to be next generation?
1: Well, you know, I think what's really important, um, is that you have a, you know, a people focus. I think. That there is a, you know, there's a big move for automation, data analytics, um, a- enabling things through technology, and I think that's 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 with us. That's there, and there's a lot of really positive things about all those, um, about all those aspects about the finance role. But there's also uh, we get things done through people, and and you know the the uh, you know bringing those people along and understanding. Um, what their needs are as we're, you know, mechanizing the, the accounting function or whatever it might be, um, the people need to come first. And if that doesn't happen, it doesn't matter how well you mechanize. If you don't have people to run your your uh, your programs, it's, you know, you're not going to be successful. So um, I think that, you know, it's really got to be based on people. So, forward looking is great communication skills. Uh, we talked about intellectual curiosity. Um, they do have to understand technology, and I think their EQ has to be really high. And um, they have to have a lot of um, constituents that uh, that they understand how to deal with. So, and I look at it uh, maybe one way to think about it is um, the the world class world class chief financial officer is kind of a conductor of an orchestra. You know, they have a really high IQ. The sections include each of their stakeholder groups, and that can be their direct reports, the executive team they work with, the board of directors, um, their investors are another stakeholder group, the vendors and customers. And each one of those has to be handled differently. So that's where this high EQ comes from, that, you know, you, you have to treat them um. They're different. They play different roles within the company and and the the CFOs need to be able to play to that and make sure that they're addressing the the needs of each of those different constituents. And that's where I think the conductor of an orchestra is a pretty good example. Um, They need to be forward thinking. um, And I I look at that as they they, uh, need to appreciate history. You know, they need to get your financials right. You need to, the audit's important and all that. But when it comes to really making a difference, you know, they have to have a deep drive to shape the future. And that means you, know, you have to be willing to start putting yourself out there, figuring out how to better use data and people to kind of predict what's going to happen and shape what's going to happen. And that's a huge part, I think, of the forward-looking, uh, you know, the, the next generation CFO. Um, and uh, and the big part of that is keeping people with you you know making sure that you you know don't leave them behind and and that's where i think that's what i worry about in some cases when i see so much written on automation and ai and technology that we got to be careful that all that doesn't really work if you don't have the people and so really important so i think that's where what that's what's changing about the cfo role a lot is there's a lot more of the um focus on on uh, the people side of things and And not just human capital metrics, but, you know, human capital behavior and and how to make sure, you know, people want to work. One of the biggest challenges we have right now is is talent. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's hard to hard to come by to start with. And then, uh, yeah, I can imagine that keeping people with you is more important than ever.
1: Yeah, no, that's and the challenges you read about in the paper, just generally in all the businesses is, is, is struggling, but there's the CFO suite's no different. I mean, keeping talent in the CFO suite is the same issue. And I I still work with some clients um, on, on kind of the consulting side. And that's that's a number one struggle is, um, you know, and, and and CFOs as well as their direct reports, as well as the bookkeepers and the clerks. I mean, it's, it's kind of widespread and there's such an opportunity there for people who can, um, you know, make sure that resource that we have is, is really treated as the most, most important res- resource that we have in the company. So,
0: um, so, when you look at the role of a CFO, is this the area that you find you have to work most with people? Because as accountants, we can kind of be introverts. Do you think a CFO is just naturally like an extrovert or a people person?
1: Or is which area do you find them needing the most coaching? Well, I think leadership is—you know—it's it's probably the most important, and and frankly, it's the most popular. And you know, there's this um, kind of uh, imaginary uh, old uh, accountant out there that everyone pictures in their mind—the green eyeshades and kind of sitting down with a worksheet, you know, mm-hmm. running a pencil on something—and and that's a protector. Old, <laughs> pretty, yeah, yeah, I got the pocket protector. Um, but there are still there are still um, you know. Uh, accountants that, that come out of that engineering I mean there, there's an attraction um, to working with numbers that you'd say, hey you know how do we how do we make sure we have the same attraction working with people? And so I, I think the leadership part is is the most popular. What we find is uh, accountants you know people who get to cfo.university end up um, they know finance, they know accounting. So they they only need the practical aspects of how to implement a team in those areas. And so they don't need, uh, they've already had the training from their university work or from their previous corporate life. But what they really crave is the leadership side and that, you know, the communication and how to create mindset, how to create influence, how to, you know, what it takes, you know, to lead that function. and uh, And, you know, it's not that they're any worse or any better than anyone else at it, but it takes practice. And so... I think that's what we allow people to do is space to, to practice those leadership skills skills. And, and, and that's, that's kind of the key area. I think when it comes to uh, what's really changed over the past, call it 20 years, I mean, it's always been important, but it's really the, the, in the last two years, the CFO has taken over all kinds of different responsibilities. I mean, they've, and, and there's been a burnout from that, but there's also been a realization that, you know, CFOs, um, you know, how valuable they are in these companies. And if they're, if they do a good job, they're are indisposable.
0: Yeah, I mean, just having done this podcast over the last two years, I've seen a lot of CFOs um, on my show that haven't come up through the normal ranks. It's not a traditional route. I mean, I've seen people with marketing backgrounds, people with engineering backgrounds. So, yeah, I don't think that's just one way to get there. I think that's a, rip- one no, way that's a great there.
1: point. No, I think that's a good point that there's more options to get there now. And I think particularly in bigger companies that have specialties, if you're an engineering firm, a big, uh, you know, Boeing or whatever, where you're, you know, it, it's, you know, depending on the expertise need in the company, a lot of times CFOs, and then it's a bit of a risk to a financially trained CFO um, that has deep uh, accounting and take a CPA partner, for example, uh, from a firm who goes to a CFO, you know, their focus is on the accounting and finance, and the audit side. Um, sometimes they have a harder time kind of getting to some of those general skills that um, I think some companies need. So I think, you know, where there's a risk in the, you know, from a CFO coming through the financial ranks, um, there is more, and I think it's partly driven by the people. You take more, can you lead people? And then do you have enough financial skills to lead those people? And so I think we are seeing um, kind of a shift in, you know, what that CFO, what, you know, kind of core skills a CFO needs. And uh, and the number one piece of that is definite leadership.
0: And let's talk about the self-assessment tool that's offered at CFO.University. What, what is it assessing and what variables is it taking into account?
1: You know, it's a, it's a, and people can take it for free. We don't charge anything for it, but it's called the CFO Readiness Assessment. And it covers our four pillars. So we have, I mentioned accounting, the accounting pillar, but the finance pillar um, covers uh, budgeting and planning, it covers forecasting, and it covers investment analysis. So all the forward-looking pieces of a company, uh, we test through a, a number of questions. So I think the, the there's about 60 questions and it's uh, very experiential, um, and it takes about fifteen minutes to go through. But it'll give you accounting, finance, and our treasury uh, pillar. Uh, the, the three core companies under treasury are cash management, fundraising, and then risk management, which is very related to governance and controls. But once you take on third-party money, a treasury operation, you end up with a lot more risk management. And so, uh, because you're dealing with investors then, and then our fourth area is leadership. And leadership is a stair step approach, and we take um, kind of self-awareness is the first step, and team building is the second, and then strategy and culture, you know, the real things that, are, that the leaders of a company need to be familiar with. So we use a stair-step approach as the three competencies in leadership. So that's what we're testing on. And a report comes out that shows where you're, you know, we compare it to the, we've had about 7,000 people take the test. So we have a good database on how people have done and where people kind of show up. And so we compare people to that. And you can kind of see, assess yourself against the other 7,000 people who've taken the test. So that's one way. And that, that helps us identify for the learner, um, you know, where the, what they should focus on. If they, you know, where their weaknesses and strengths are. And a lot of times, um, I rarely get arguments. People say, oh yeah, you know, I didn't do that. I haven't had that experience. So this makes a lot of sense. And so I think it helps people identify the next steps in their professional development. So that's a CFO readiness assessment. We also have an assessment that does a similar thing on teams. It's much more intense. It takes a lot. There's a shortened version we have that's only eight questions. It just kind of gives you a, a real summary overview. And that happens to be one of the tools on our website. But then there's a longer version that we do in the consulting practice that helps us go in and we interview the leaders. We, they fill out a bunch of different schedules and we do a gap analysis on that on uh, you know what they think is important versus where the strengths are in the in the, the finance. Call it the CFO suite, but it's not just you're not measuring just the CFO. We're measuring the whole performance of the finance team. So those are some areas that that uh, you know we've worked a lot. And I use the assessment probably 20 times. Um, and it's uh, the big deep dive assessment. It takes a long, it takes quite a while, but it's uh, it's pretty valuable and shines a real bright light on what's happening in the uh, in the finance and accounting function.
0: Um, and just on, on that comment that you made about the assessment for teams so is that looking for like gaps in talent where your team might be
1: lacking or mostly we're looking similar to what we do on the individual assessment we're looking to see how your accounting functions working how your finance functions working how your treasury functions working and then we're looking at the leadership side so the team, and specifically, we look at the team aspect of it. Where how is the whole, uh, and you know, call it the CFO suite or the accounting and finance function? How are they working with their colleagues outside of finance? And so we're we're kind of measuring many of the same things, but we're getting feedback from the executive team. And so um, it's it's normally happens when there's there's a, a changeover. Uh, we've got a new CFO coming in. And they want to understand, you know, the perception of the executive team on the whole finance group. And so it gives them the feedback and the gap part of it. So they do a, we'll do a, here's a perception of our team. Here's what I think of the team. And we'll do this with however many executives that they want. And we conclude board members or whatever. And then we'll all say, well, how important is this? And so we don't care if their perception is is low in some areas, but it isn't a very important area. You know, if the team agrees it's not very important, then that's not, that's okay. It's when there's a, a perception of low performance or low low quality of delivery and the gap and it's important. And that's what we identify. And then we can help the CFOs develop programs to make sure that they um, shore up those gaps.
0: And what advice would you offer for CFOs who are just, or finance leaders that are just looking to be better at what it is they do?
1: You know, I that's a good question. Um, because there's so many different places, you know, for people to go. So if they want to be um, a finance leader, so they want to be, they want to continue a CFO career. um, You know, there's, there's a lot of different groups that can help in that, including CFO at university, but there's in in the U S there's the financial executives uh, international, there's the CFO leadership council. Um, If they have a real bent towards the, uh, the FPNA world, the uh, Association of Finance Professionals is an excellent organization. So I would get involved in one of those. So for somebody that's looking um, to grow personally and professionally, the networking part can't beat that. You know, you're getting, you know, making sure you're networking with the right people. Um, you kind of are who you, you know, you hang around with. And I think that's a great, those are great opportunities. Um, obviously, CFO, the our community, I think, is is a strong community. Um, and then I think. Or if you want to take the next step, so CFOs are, you know, if you want to become the CEO or if you want to have board roles, and then getting involved with organizations that lead in those areas. So the, you know, National Association of Corporate Directors, there's places if you want to become a director. So what's your next step? And if you're, you're, your final step is the CFO role, then I think those first Institutions are great places to hang out. If you if you want to become a CEO, then I think um, there's a there's you know some real work that needs to be done on developing kind of a general um, oversight of a business. And so there's places there's you know organizations that can help with peer to peer leadership on that. Um, but I think uh, you know for me a lot of the learning comes with you know who you're around and uh, and the development comes with you know, that intellectual curiosity. I have a question. I I want to become a CEO. How do I do it? And you start asking a few people who are CEOs how to do that. And all of a sudden you have kind of a plan. So, you know, use your curiosity to, to you know, take your next step.
0: That's great advice. Um, lastly, what is keeping you up at night or what what out there do you see keeping your clients up at night as far as the CFO role?
1: Yeah, you know, I think there's... Uh, well, we talked about talent earlier. So, talent is—you know—is—is is, you know your your career is based on who you hire. When you become a CFO, um, as much as you know, it's we like to think it's our smarts, it's our financial acumen. It's really the people we hire and how we treat them. So, I think talent in in, t- in today's world that's so so important. So, understanding why people work for you, um, why they want to work with you. And making sure uh, you don't give them reasons to leave. So I think that's really that's the, the, the really important right now, um, and important all the time. But really important in today's market. And then I think the a second area is this triple threat we have going on. And so it's mar, it's understanding our margins deeply. And the triple threat is we have, you know, these supply chain issues that are making it tough to get products from A to B. We have inflation that's uh, making, you know, the pricing and the mar, really putting a lot of pressure on margins. And then we're going to have our interest rates are going up and the cost of carrying working capital is going up. So I think this triple threat on margins, and I'd call it supply chain issues, inflation and interest rates is something that that's. CFOs are taking a close look at how do they manage that and manage their margin appropriately. So I think there's a real time issue in, you know, financial performance that is being, um, you know, threatened by, by some of these, uh, some of these issues. And then I think the last area I would say is advice is, you know, staying strategic. And so um, it's easy to these tactical things like how do we fight inflation, supply inches, they can get us in the weeds, um, but we have to kind of remember to take that breath, step back, and what you know strategically take the time. And for me, that means putting it in my diary. If I don't put it in my diary, I could not get caught up with a million tactical issues a day. So it means taking that time, and and that may be some people may just naturally run the strategic side. I'm very tactical, and unless I make that time, um, I can get caught in the weeds. And so I, during this time of where we're we're really worried about margins and what's going on in the economy make sure you take a breath and um, take time for a strategic outlook in the business.
0: Great advice, Steve, thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Well, Megan, it's been wonderful. you yes, great questions and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to to be on uh, you know CFO weekly.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your experiences and I definitely wish you all the best. It sounds like you're doing wonderful things for the CFO community. And thank you Megan. Our- to all of our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then, take
1: care. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com.
0: You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Persona. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out persona.com. Thanks for listening.